Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Aries New Moon meeting this April 1st, 2022. This meeting is going on on Zoom and in place at the Lucy's Trust office. The theme for today's meeting is mediation, the problems of humanity and the new group of world servers. Strengthening the hands of the group of world servers. Mediation has been defined as intervention between conflicting parties to promote reconciliation, settlement, and compromise. A means of resolving disputes outside of the judicial system by voluntary participation negotiations structured by agreement of the parties and usually conducted under the guidance and supervision of a trained intermediary or as a transmission by an intermediate mechanism or agency. In short, mediation is an activity of harmoniously bridging between points of tension. Mediation could be between, but not limited to two groups, organs, individuals, groups, communities, nations, regions, and between the kingdom of nature as we increasingly become sensitive to and inclusive of our living environment a process which science is spearhead, spearheading. In all of these cases, the goal is the same, to establish some better or right relationship. The mediation by the new group of well service includes all the above circumstances and more. For the mediation, then enters into the spiritual kingdoms, which are yet to be recognized by science. A science which is rapidly penetrating into these subtler planes unwittingly, but intelligently. At this point, let us pause for a moment and recite the mantra of unification, the adapted form. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Oh.
mediation is no new idea to humanity. Just as conflicts have always been with us or present in the world. When mediation was successful, it led to some achievement of harmony. When it failed, the conflict persisted. These harmonious conditions ranged all the way from the uncomfortable but useful coexistence to the truly and genuinely harmonious conditions that we characterize as right human relationships. And again, when the mediation were not successful, it left behind innumerable conflicts in all their manifestations, from the insignificant friction between quarreling friends through the conflict between political groups and friction between nations, all the way to conflicts leading to full-scale wars, as we are witnessing today in Europe. The successes of mediation have qualified human interactions, from those involving the few individuals through groups to that involving nations. And the great efforts in the world in this direction may be recognized in the mobilization of the League of Nations that failed. But its spirit, so to say, resurrected in its manifestation as the United Nations today. We are not forgetful of the untold numbers of failures and successes that characterize the history of all nations. Nor do we forget the great achievements in every field of human relationships. A common example would be the successes that labor unions have made through mediation between capital and labor for workers everywhere. Even mediation has been tried in schools. For instance, in the New York City public school system, where conflict between students were growing at an alarming rate, mediation was employed under the title of conflict resolution. Here, students were trained in the Department of Pupil Personnel and School Safety to become arbitrators and mediators, who then went on to train their peers to become mediators in resolving the many conflicts that arose in the school between students. On the global level, the United Nations has issued and disseminated the United Nations guidance for effective mediation to strengthen the role of mediation in the peaceful settlement of disputes and conflict prevention and resolution. Quote, this guidance is disseminated by the Mediation Support Unit, MSU, which is based in the Policy and Mediation Department of Political Affairs. The Mediation Support Unit is also a service provider that assists the mediation and facilitative initiatives of the United Nations member states regional and sub-regional organizations, and other relevant partners. The MSU is also the institutional repository of mediation knowledge, lessons learned, and best practices. As we can see, the world has tremendous resources for handling conflicts, more than ever before. The world has knowledges, lessons, and best practices awaiting to be used to solve the problems of humanity. Just as disciples in the new age group today have an extraordinary amount of esoteric teachings, the latest exposition of the wisdom religion awaiting to be translated into factual, precipitations of service potencies 
and world salvage. Here, the harmonizing will needs invoking. This is an ongoing and a vital challenge to us all. Even though we are confronted with what seems to be an increase in worldwide conflicts, mediation is a common phenomenon today. Considering that mediation is a sole characteristic, we then realize the extent to which the efforts being made everywhere for the use of mediation are evidence of soul conditioning or soul growth within humanity. This is so in spite of the many unresolved world issues. We are told that our planet, on our planet are two major crises, which are to be practically considered as opportunities. These are the crises of approach to Shambhala by the hierarchy and its disciples. And the other is the crisis of humanity seeking approach and contact with the spiritual hierarchy. We might appreciate this second crisis in terms of the preparation for the reappearance of the Christ. Of the crisis facing humanity today, the Tibetan made the following statements. Both these approaches, which are in the nature of magnetic attractive pools are conditioned by Saturn via the hierarchy. And then he makes a startling statement, which is, and apart from the hierarchy, mankind cannot today surmount or properly handle the crisis. He continues, this should be remembered and should speed the work of the disciples and aspirants of the world as they struggle for human liberation and to bring about divine intervention. He goes on further, the intervention desired should come via the hierarchy if it is not to be too destructive in its effect. End quote. These statements are illuminating <clears throat> and arresting and throw another bright light on the connection between the problems confronting humanity, the problems of humanity, and the mediating task of the new group of well service. For the new group of well service, we are told, is today the group through which the hierarchy is pouring out its inspiration. This will be highlighted a little later. The work of the new group of well service from this point of view is perhaps one of the most significant mediation process taking place on the, on the planet. Of this work, we know and have much information, but a review every now and then rekindles our efforts, renews our enthusiasm, sharpens our clarity, and intensifies our singleness of purpose. Many are the service expressions of the new group of well service today. They are found everywhere and they work in every aspect and branch of human endeavor. Mediation summarizes all their work being done. Mediation is a bridge, is a bridging process. And the new group of well service and the activities have been likened to that greatest of all service activities open to humanity, the building of the Antakarana. In this mediating process, 
certain characteristics and attitudes have been identified by the Tibetan as conditioning the new group of well service in order, in order to safeguard the work. Let's enumerate a few. They, the new group of well service, will be too busy with well service and interests to waste time on trifling non-essentials. They will not have the time to play with group names and insignia and badges and the technicalities of fraternities when they meet. World needs, world opportunities, and the rapid development of the consciousness of mankind and the initiation of humanity into the spiritual realities will so engross the attention that they will have no interest in purely physical plane arrangements, nor laying the emphasis upon their own personal growth. They will be well aware that response to world need in service and the life of focused meditation will promote their growth. Their eyes are not upon themselves. Their eyes are not upon their own good characters or upon their individual accomplishments. Later, there may emerge certain esoteric groups and schools for development in order more rapidly to equip them for world service in these schools. Modes of meditation, the intensification of vibration, and the laws of the universe will be taught, but all will be subordinated to the idea of service and the uplift of humanity." End quote. In conclusion, let us hear the definition of inspiration by the Tibetan. Inspiration is a process of qualifying, vitalizing, and stimulating the reaction of the personality via the centers to the point of tension where soul control becomes present and apparent. It is the mode whereby energy from the soul can flood the personality life, can sweep through the centers, expelling that which hinders, reading the aspirants of all glamours and maya, and perfecting an instrument whereby the music of the soul, and later the musical quality of the hierarchy can be heard." End quote. Pondering on this definition may perhaps reveal to us some of the reasons why the hierarchy has chosen inspiration as their mode of working with disciples in this new age. This understanding will evoke from our hearts and minds a penetrating response to hierarchical direction. For understanding is a revealing energy which permits you to achieve. Thank you. We shall consider the following questions after the meditation. Questions for reflection. The new group of world service, essential mode of solving world problems is a subjective one. How has this found meaning and understanding in your life? Question two, what does the new group of world service mean to you in today's world? In today's world of esoteric and mundane or esoteric living, 
Now let's commence our meditation. Strengthening the hands of the new group of world service. Group fusion. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world service. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center. To the Christ, the heart of love, within the hierarchy towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world service, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas. Humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world service.
precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love, throughout the planet, from Shambhala, through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world. And finally, through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. Lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world service. So building the thought form of solution to world problems.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you. We have now reached the discussion stage. Let's restate the questions so that they are fresh in our minds. Question one, the new group of world servers essential mode of solving world problems is a subjective one. How has this found meaning and understanding in your life? Question two, what does the new group of world service mean to you? In today's world of esoteric, and mundane, esoteric living. Thank you, Emmanuel, for that wonderful meditation. Um, before I share a comment, I'd just like to let everyone who's on the Zoom call know that if they'd like to share themselves, they can simply raise their hand by clicking on the reactions tab, and clicking raise hand, and we'll have you 
share here audibly for our group present here in New York. Manuel, I was very inspired by many aspects of your, of your presentation today, but um, looking at this first question here, the first thing that sticks out for me is this word um, subjective, that the new group of world servers essential mode of solving world problems is a subjective one. And, and I've always been, since I started studying the Aegis wisdom, I've always found that word very curious because it really means of the soul, you know. Um, but when we think of subjective sort of in a, how it's colloquial, colloquially used, it sort of implies sort of like introversion. And it's like, well, my subjective opinion in terms of like, that's my personal opinion of something like you're which doesn't always reflect reality is sort of what's insinuated sometimes. But in this work, when we use subjective, we mean, um, we mean of the soul of the group and, and the soul, of course, that exists the self on subtler levels than the ones of which we're normally acquainted. And there's a, there's a statement that the Tibetan makes that describes very, very clearly, really in just one phrase, the entire constitution of man. Um, he says that the, the spiritual man or woman, of course, is in essence the higher triad demonstrating through a gradually evolving form, which is the causal body, which uses as its mechanism of contact the three worlds of expression, the personality. And so your question here, it says, you know, their essential mode of solving world problems is a subjective one. I think to understand that you have, we have to remember that the the personality is actually just a mechanism of contact with the three worlds. And it's important because, of course, that's what we have to work through. It's the only way that we can even touch or, or even contact really humanity as it is an expression. But the person that works through that form is the soul. And I think when you have a soul that's working through a personality, it's, you know, it's it's sort of that way through all of the illusion or all the failings of human nature, whether that's any sort of, you know, moral impurity or what have you. you know, that soul is really the path through all of that. And when that, when the new group of world servers, they sort of hold that path. It's the, it's just the sort of the way of salvation, you know, and anyway, that's my comment. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael because that is a very essential clarification. The Tibetan actually states that when we focus on our feelings, when we focus on our concrete thinkings, it's very easy for a lot of people to confuse that with subjectivity. It is just being introspective, but it's not subjective. And that clarification that you made is essential to our work. So subjectivity, like you said, actually is focusing on the soul levels and invoking on soul levels, and bringing energies from soul levels. It's from the soul levels that we can actually contact the inspiration of the hierarchy. So that is a very important clarification that you made. Thank you. Thanks, Emmanuel. Yeah, of course, the focus in that question, number one, is on the world word subjective. And it really is essentially what we need in the world today, because 
we're in a situation where there's so much warring between brothers, really, you know. Although our media tends to demonize one side or the other, depending on what country you live in, <laughs> you know. And so the media has a, a role that's largely divisive at the moment. And so the new group of world servers, we're taught to step outside of the prejudices of whatever nation we're living in and look at the bigger perspective from the perspective of the soul, the subjective nature of that underlies all these outer events. And I think that as we do so, then we can more readily connect with the hierarchy, like you said, that's where the inspiration comes. That's where the problems are solved. Because if the warring brothers duke it out on the world stage, we're not going to reach any resolution that would bring in the soul. And it's the soul that we need to move beyond these impasses in the world. Thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, thank you, Emmanuel, for the, the beautiful talk. Um, in continuing this discussion about the word subjective and how it leads into the second question, which is, what does the new group of world servers mean to you in today's world of esoteric and mundane exoteric living? Um, when you were talking about the the word subjective and it's the differences in its meanings and how important it is to understand it as, um, as the subjective being an expression of the soul. Inside, I was saying to myself that I actually feel confused sometimes or not able necessarily to know when I have an impulse, whether it's coming from a feeling state or whether it's coming from um, a, a soul-centered state, simply because sometimes the impulse is so strong, you know? I, um, and so uh, to bring that to question number two, what does the Nuclear World Service mean to you today? Um, for me, um, Sometimes I just really need to pull back when um, everything just seems so overwhelming. When the when the you read the newspaper and it's it's that divisiveness. What it does is it stirs up people's passions. That seems to be the point of it. And so um, the question would be for me, if it were a um, subjective mode, what, what would that feel like? Like, would that attend the same kind of passion? Do, if you, do you know what I mean? So, and that's, I guess, where the confusion for me personally comes from. If I read something in the paper and I say, um, oh gosh, that just has such a strong impact on me. Is it because I'm feeling um, empathic with the, the story of the personal story that's on the front page of the New York Times and I'm feeling empathic with the stories of the people there or is it because I'm feeling a soul impulse that's saying, um, guiding me to a truth about that situation. So um, I'm just expressing my own personal <laughs> need for, in order to understand this objective, to like really step back and go into meditation and kind of calm down. Um, I don't know, but I'd also be interested in hearing if other people have this 
same issue in their uh, in their work or if I'm just bad bad at what I'm doing. <laughs> the the new group of world servers. We are looking at their subjective work and what it means to us today. In the frenzy that you just described, facing everybody, some people have taken sides permanently and they wouldn't look at the other side and others have done the reverse, but it amounts to the same thing. And then what does the, how would a new group of well server act in that particular instant? Then the new group of well servers is simply a great communicating relationship between all the virtues into the world. It's like water, clean water being poured into dirty water. The concentration of the dirt at the beginning will be so strong, but as we keep on pouring in the clean water, the concentration of the dirty water decreases, becomes less dirty. We keep on pouring the water. It, it begins to look like the clear water that is entering the dirty water that we started with. And this is the major challenge of the new group of well servers, to stand within the swell of all these conflicting things and just keep on realizing and focusing that the sons of all are one. That concentrated energy is what is going to dilute the dirt is going to dilute the heavy down drawing separative sludge as it pours into that sludge the concentration of the pure quality becomes greater than what it was before and Gradually, in time, we see the signs of understanding, compassion, sympathy, tolerance, increasing. Emmanuel, that, that analogy of the purification of the water reminds me of a, um, another Tibetan quote. It's also a really short one, but a really um, sort of comprehensive and powerful. He says, the, the keynote of the work of every disciple is, behold, I make all things new. And that statement sort of segues into another idea that I had about the second discussion question, you know, what does a new group of world servers mean for you today in the world of esoteric and exoteric living? And sort of also came about, not, not this sort of related to what Suzanne was saying a little bit, or what Suzanne was saying sort of sparked this idea. And, and that's how do you look at the mundane world and where do you, how can you really see the soul? And because and, we look around and all we see is form really, different types of forms. And sometimes it can be so difficult to really, to really, because it's so ephemeral in a way, you know, we have qualities we ascribe to the soul and spiritual teachings, but then when you are really just living your life, you know, where can you see it? And the first thing I thought of, of course, is relationships. I think that's one way. And those evoke all sorts of, of emotions, but it's the relationship itself, I think, that is really a marker of the of the soul being present that extends of course to you know personal relationships but you have a relationship with the group as well and with your 
with your country, with your um, nations themselves, have relationships with each other at an international level, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what I really wanted to say was, having spent my sort of the, my early adult life as a as an artist, as a professional dancer, one of the ways I really see that interaction between the soul and the form is through beauty. And and beauty is something that's so, um, I guess, subjective in the colloquial sense. It's so everybody has their own personal opinion of what beautiful is. Um, but there are some things that people largely agree are just beautiful, I think, as well. And, and I think, um, yeah, to me, because when you see beauty, you're always looking at some form, because beauty has to pour through some form, whether it's the form of, a, of an individual, you know, dancing or an artwork or a piece of music, et cetera, whatever. Um, you're looking at a form, and what comes through that is something that's beyond the form. And that's just, to me, that's a, def, a definite field of the new group of world servers that I think we sometimes forget to talk about is the field of, of art making, but really just the field of bringing forth beauty as well and how important that is in our world today. Thank you, Michael. The opposite of beauty is not ugliness, it's actually chaos. And today we all know of the chaos in the world. And this bringing in of beauty, Michael, is so essential, it actually forms one of the three main aspects of divinity. And we even say from chaos leaders to beauty. Beauty in form, beauty in music, beauty in speech, beauty in all forms of art, beauty of character, beauty of manners, of demeanor, beauty of the innocence of children, and the beauty that we find in the most unexpected places and circumstances in our lives. We focus on it and it empowers it. We must realize that evil is limited and good is unlimited. So as the good pours in, a time will come when the concentration of evil will be so low that it disappears. Thank you. I was just thinking of something that you said in your talk, and it's important, I guess, for us to understand it because it was a quote from the Tibetan about this uh, contact between humanity and hierarchy and the contact between the ashrams, of which we are a part, uh, and Shambhala is governed by the planet Saturn. And Saturn is... Uh, therefore really strong in our world today. And it definitely colors, as we know, the new group of world servers because that's the discipleship group and the disciples are ruled by Saturn. So the Saturn energy, as we move through this final period of the preparation for the 2025 festival, the ending of the, what's called the stage of the forerunner, Saturn is, is entering in the final stages of the entire wheel. You know, the, the last stages of the wheel are Aquarius, which it's in now, Saturn's in Aquarius, stays in that sign for two and a half years. And then it'll be moving for the next two and a half years, right up until 2025, through the sign of Pisces, the final sign. So it's as if Saturn, when it enters Aries, at the festival week, it enters Aries festival week, not the festival, the higher interlude period of 2025. It's as if a new birth, a new beginning will come for the new group and for the world. But this period 
these final years is really such a culminating influence of the planet Saturn that we have to expect that in a way this whole cycle of Saturn takes like 28 years to go around the whole wheel. So we're really coming up to finishing off a long cycle and we can expect therefore that it's a challenge, you know, like we, you can sense everything's building up as we move towards 2025. And um, the other thing that's related to that, which I think is conditioning what's going on in the planet is that the entry of a new ray, which Michael was just speaking about the fourth ray, the energy of beauty is coming in. So you can think about it in a global sense that when a new ray comes in, we're not accustomed to that energy. And it's the energy of conflict and harmony. And so it makes sense to me that as it comes in, we're first, there's going to be a lot of things that are coming to the surface that might have been repressed before. Um, so the combination, the Tibetan says, the combination of the fourth ray with Saturn is going to throw many people onto the path during the next 700 year cycle. So we're in the initial stages of that and it's churning up a lot of conflict, but it's going to throw, essentially it's going to be good because it's going to throw a lot of people onto the path. Thank you very much, Kathy. When that quote was added, I thought about you. <laughs> no, in terms of somebody elucidating it, explicating it, explaining more, and you have done just that. The Tibetan said, Saturn is actually the planet of the disciples. Thank you very much. So we're bringing the meeting to an end. Let's pause for a moment. And sound the ohm. We are entering into the three spiritual festivals time. In the Easter festival, Aries full moon will be on Friday, April 15th at 6 p.m. The actual full moon will be April 16th at 2.55 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Then the Taurus new moon will be on Monday, May 2nd, 2022 at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The 2022 moon charts and meeting informations are available at www.lucistrust.org slash full moon. Thanks to everybody, and we'll see you at the next time.